Hello, and welcome to Up the Smut Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, for a second. Forgot my name. I remembered it, though. <laughs> and joining me is billionaire hater, Michaela. Hello, everyone, and good morning, smuts, and fuck you, Elon Musk, if you're listening. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be me talking about the books, billionaire romance books that I love, and Michaela just interjecting with, like, fuck whatever billionaire she is thinking of at the moment. Absolutely. Kylie Jenner, Jeff Bezos, anyone. You're not safe and I'm coming for you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, Elon Musk. Exactly. Where will you hide when the revolution comes? Tell me. One of his... Space, maybe? Space? Good luck. I saw what happened to the test rocket, okay? So jump on it, honey. Off you go. Anyway, so this episode was actually sparked by a reading slump of mine and Kate was reading The Fine Print by Lauren Asher and like the good little sidekick I was, it took me about a week and a half and then I saw that my Libby actually has the audiobook. So I hadn't read in eight days and I was like, well, I'll put the audiobook on and immediately fell into the story. I'm now deciding that I will be referring to all billionaire romance as fantasy towards the end of that book that I read. I was like, absolutely not. I I cannot get down with this. So we're just going to talk about some billionaire romances that we have read. I'm going to be pulling apart the fine print. I understand why people like it. And congratulations if it is your favorite romance book, because it actually is a romance book, unlike anything by our friend Coho. Kate, what is your first recommendation? <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm just thinking, I told Michaela, I was like, you should read the fine print because I'm reading the fine print. But then I told her that last week, like Thursday night, I was cleaning the couch and my fine print book fell onto the floor and it fell like pages down, but stacked up. So no pages were harmed. And I just left it like that on the side of the couch, pages down. And I was like, I'll get it later. And now it's gone. <laughs> so I was going to read it for this podcast. And I have yet to find it. It's somewhere. I think my son took it probably and put it somewhere. I can tell you now, wherever it is, it's in a better place. Really. <laughs> I was enjoying it. It was definitely slower than, I mean, it's like, what, like 500 something pages? Um, yeah, getting up there. Yeah. So it was definitely slower than I thought it was going. I mean, I guess not really because it's, again, it's like thick as fuck. If this is your first episode, Kate considers a slow, ban slow burn people fucking on page, like, 10. Do you know what I mean? Like, that yeah, is yeah. long enough. It takes like, time. We need to get right down to the sex. Um, I think yeah. that they eventually do get together halfway through the book. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. We'll I mean, there's some good tension. And I like the Disneyland vibes, especially with right now what's going on in the news with Disneyland whooping Ron DeSantis's ass. <laughs> Although, like, being pro-Disney is also really weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the situation where I'm, like, rooting for Disney and I'm like, that's that it feels wrong. Yeah. I'm not one of those. I I've been to Disney once. I was there on a Disney cruise for my grandparents. Like, my grandpa retired and took the whole family on a Disney cruise. So that's, and I was, like, 10. And I, all I remember, all I remember is the Tower of Terror ride mm -hmm. and unlimited soft serve on the cruise ship. But it made me uncomfortable, so I kept switching my outfits to go back for more, oh. thinking that, like, there's no way that this worker is going to know it's me for the 10th time today. 
Yeah, you should have like had like a little pair of glasses on. I did. I took my glasses off oh my at God. one point and went up. Yeah, no, I had it figured out. They didn't care. They did not give a no. shit if they no. were serving some like weird preteen for the tenth time today. It was their fucking job yeah. to just dispense soft serve ice cream. But like they're probably like smoking a joint off the side of the boat, seriously, on, like the middle of the ocean. Honestly, being seriously. paid fifty cents an hour, sort of thing. And there's me terrified that like. I'm going to get in trouble for something that the cruise is offering. <laughs> like, I was like, such an anxious child. <laughs> who became an anxious adult. <laughs> would you, you never saw it coming. Today? Would you still like, would you still feel a bit weird? I don't know. I would feel weird, weird, but it would not, absolutely would not stop me. No. No, I would be up there. I wouldn't, I probably just wouldn't even leave. Well, okay. I am also like 31. So eating more than one bowl of soft serve ice cream in a row. Mm. I'd probably be vomiting over the side of the cruise ship. Also, I have terrible seasickness, so I'm not sure how I survived that. My grandma, uh, my step-grandma, once took me on a whale-watching trip when I went to visit them in Seattle, and we aren't on the greatest of terms. I hope she's not listening. But we, I ended up having to lay on the deck, and I know I embarrassed her so badly. I was like 11 years old, trying not to vomit off the side of a whale. We didn't even see a fucking whale. Oh, my God. And she was embarrassed by an 11-year-old. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We are not – the most we've talked in the last five years is two Facebook messages. Again, step-grandma. She and my mom are close. My mom refers to her by a first name. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that that is actually this, is, is this a therapy session or yeah, a podcast? Episode? Speaking of speaking, that is a good. It's a good segue into the fine print. I'll I'll give everyone a rundown of this while Kate <laughs> collects her thoughts and her list. So let me take you on. Down. We'll take you on a journey of the fine print. So this was kind of billed as a billionaire romance. The first book is about Rowan Kane, who is the youngest of three brothers whose grandfather, Brady Kane, has recently passed away. So Brady started Dreamland. It was is Brady short for something, do you think? Like Brandon? Okay, so like- well, I did a deep dive on this because one of my pet peeves is names, and I put Brady being born around like 1948. I was doing that for research purposes, and when I say research purposes, I mean I Googled it because that's what I am, a Facebook armchair activist, obviously. Brady was a very common name in Ireland where he immigrated from. So that was part of it, is that he was a plucky immigrant making good. And then Brady had Seth. And I was like, hmm, Seth, I immediately think of the OC. But Seth is a common name in Ireland apparently at that time too. So I accepted both of those names. Okay, because you were upset with that about those names earlier. Yes. But you then did the research and learned that they were actually appropriate for the ages of the characters. Yes. Like that you didn't just accept being mad. Mm -hmm. You wanted to know if you were in the right to be mad. She came with receipts. And you owned up that you weren't. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I checked that out. So Seth is the father of, we've got Declan, he is the oldest, and book two's protagonist, Cal, is the alcoholic fuck-up brother who is there for comedic relief. He's 33 Mm, and Rowan, exactly, and Rowan is 30 and Rowan is the hero of the first book. So Rowan has basically, well, they've all been given a task to complete to get their billion dollar inheritance. And Can I just say I fucking hate that trope? Dude. Like... (laughs) I will I will read a book with that trope, but I mm. and okay, but if anybody can pull it off, it is di- like it's not called Disneyland in the book, it's called Dreamland, Dreamland, obviously. But 
if anybody can pull off a clause like that, it would be Dreamland lawyers. But mm. this was probably the most ridiculous clause, like the three of them, most mm. ridiculous mm. clauses I have heard of in books. Usually it's just like, you need to get married to yeah. get your inheritance. Well, that's book two. Yeah. That's book two's um, But they like took a step, Asher took like a step up with like, yeah. two of these. Yeah, so I think that um, the the, other, the thing that really got me is that Dreamland itself, like the park, the big park, is in Florida. And <laughs> Rowan spends the whole book talking about how he wants to go back to Chicago. Uh, Chicago is where they grew up. They, Of course, they have a tragic backstory, so they're not friends with their um, father, Seth. Seth is a piece of shit after their mother passed away tragically from cancer and it irreparably fucked up their lives horribly. And, like, don't hang that shit on a dead woman. Like, these are, like, men in their 30s. Uh, get therapy. Seek treatment. Talk about it because this is insane behavior. You, if anybody can afford it, with exactly. or without insurance, it is these billionaires. Why is it that it's billionaires who don't need to rely on insurance to afford therapy, who never get fucking therapy. Exactly. It's what, what pure, is that? pure insanity. So Rowan, what was he told? He was told that he needs to up the park's profits. It's some, something. It's something like that. And so he puts out a call yeah. for the creator team and enter Zara, the optimistic, sunshiny, happy little girl who works in the salon. Um, which is a, actually really cute. I wanted that explored more because she makes, you know, like sick kids feel good. And Rowan is, of course, a massive piece of shit. And then he's just like, you know what? I'm going to take this salon girl who got drunk, had an idea for something and emailed it to me. And he's just into her for no reason. Um, there is a well, lot She of- was rude to him. She was rude They're to him. Always, mm. always dick hard for rude women, which bodes yeah. really well for us. Yeah, but she's rude in a a nice way. She kind of kills him with yeah. kindness, and he just wants to kill her. Yeah, so, still hot, still hot. Now there, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Okay, this was my big thing that I was like complaining to Kate about yesterday. Is why is the park in Florida? Brady had an accident three years previous. It was some some like random rich person accident. He was skiing. But also, like, this man is kind of in his 70s, pushing 80s, and he'd been in a coma for three years. So Brady's had his rich person accident, but this man's, like, late 70s, early 80s. That's, like, the age that I'm giving him to make this appropriate, right? So he's had a three-year coma. Zara, who is a second-generation worker at Dreamland, her parents both worked there, loved each other, all of this stuff. So Zara would have been 20 at the time, a salon girl. And we hear that Zara and Brady had a friendship and he was telling her, like, you need to do this, you need to become part of the creator program, blah, blah, blah. How did they meet? Why was there no more flashbacks? I didn't believe the friendship of that. And this leads me to believe that Lauren Asher has watched Knives Out at least five times because this is very reminiscent of Marta and Harlan. That was the vibes Mm. I was getting for that. Yeah, it was cute. I, I did like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I guess maybe he was, once he woke up from his coma, or wait, did he go into the coma after he all this or before all this? No, so he was, he he was, was in a coma, woke up, skiing accident, dead. No, he was in, he had the accident in the coma skiing for accident. three years, three years. Coma. And this is the other thing. So all of them were based in Chicago. No one's in Florida at this time. This is not how rich people work. I can tell you this yeah. right now because my kids. Exactly, but exactly they, like. 
Why? They don't go off and get their own jobs. They work in fucking dreamland. Exactly. If your so, grandpa owns it, you work there. I'm sorry. No, 100%. And it's like the family home was there. What moved them to Chicago? I'm th- a third of the way through book three. I have no Holy idea. Shit. There's no, but there's no, no, wait, book two, book two. I was going to say, I mean, what the fuck? You were on no. book two earlier today. I swear no, no. to God. I know. But this is like, if your grandfather is payrolling everything, there is no way. So there is a part where Declan says that he stayed and he looked after Cal and Rowan to protect them from his, his father. But rich people always go to the same universities. So if Seth went to a college, he would have been living in Florida. There would have been something. There, it, it just drives me insane. I cannot. This is why it's fantasy. I'm getting really pressed about this. Like, <laughs> fuck knows why. Fuck knows And you were why. still like, the writing's not bad. The, the like, writing, story's the not bad. Why? But you're like, <laughs> you're like nitpicking the like, because you hate Bill. I was like, why did I suggest you read this book, this series? If okay. anyone hates billionaires more than Michaela, I don't want to meet them. Okay, well, he, okay, here's the other thing, though. All of these men are exceptionally good-looking. So mm. the area that I live in in Australia are some very, very wealthy people. And let me tell you that the genetic pool for the ultra-wealthy, no matter what country you're in, yeah. it is ankle-deep. It is mm. ankle-deep. Everyone's a cousin, a second cousin, because they hold that money together. There is no way that these people created three good-looking sons. It's just not happening. There's no way they'd be living in Chicago, no offense to Chicago. <laughs> Kate's yeah, looking how dare you? No, but it's it just, it's not. No, really- yeah, they wouldn't. Chica- then- billionaires do not come. Our, our billionaire, well, I guess our governor, I think, is a billionaire. But the, like, asshole billionaire just fucking moved to Florida from yeah. here. So There you go. Maybe he's going to start a dreamland. This is the thing. And then we have this redemption arc because there's always a redemption arc. You know, this, I don't really think it's spoilers. We're talking about the dreamland and how it's a family-friendly place and other things. Like, there's a complication within a complication in this story. And then Rowan is like, I'm going to give all dreamland workers a 50% pay increase. And it's like, what, so they'll make fucking $6 an hour or something now? Rowan yeah, fucking Kane? Like, no, I'm about I know to what American wage was like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, are you fucking serious? This is the other problem. So he meets all of these people. One guy has got stage four pancreatic cancer and he's still working i was like do you know what the mortality rate of that cancer is honestly i'm like this motherfucker literally one of my this rest in peace one of my friend's mothers was diagnosed she died within three weeks this guy would not be showing up to let fucking people into a theme park if he had i'm gonna take a breath (laughs) this is me in september 2023 probably against Ron DeSantis's will uh the actually wait it i'm double i looked up the minimum wage for florida and it is going up to 12 dollars in september of this year only applicable applicable jesus christ to employers of six or more employees so dreamland gotcha so he would have given them a raise from 12 if this was happening in september 2023 Mm -hmm. uh 12 dollars to 18 dollars yeah. So in Australia, like I think that the minimum wage for anyone over the age of 18 is like $20 per hour. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a barista, if you are cleaning toilets. And by the way, those things are the backbones of society. So the way that we talk down on that and it's like, ugh, she's a cleaner. It's like, okay, so you're the fucking asshole who demands this service and is the first person to complain if th- something is dirty. And then you want to have a go at people in custodial positions. 
like people who work i think if the pandemic has taught us anything it's that anyone can publish on ku god bless and also people who work in grocery stores are frontline workers yeah think about it in my state nannies were frontline workers yeah so we were we were what's the the word. I don't know if frontline was the right word. We are necess- necessary, whatever. Like they mm-hmm. only some people workers. were allowed to leave for like a month yeah. and they decided that domestic help, domestic yeah. workers mm-hmm. were well, essential. even I that- essential workers. Yeah. So I just couldn't believe a lot of things. There was another plot point where Zara, her favorite TV show, she loves Regency romance. Like, I can absolutely get down with that. And Rowan's like, we'll just keep it really casual. He organizes a fucking book signing with her favorite author in New York at a moment's notice. And she doesn't click that Dreamland is the provider of this streaming service that had adapted her favorite TV show. Like, that's like not knowing that disney owns disney plus exactly like i can i could ask my 11 year old daughter and she could tell you that i could even ask my silly billy seven-year-old son and he'd be like disney yeet bruh that's exactly the order of that he would say things i believe it god bless so that's my emotional breakdown about the rich how grandfather would not let them live somewhere, how I believe these men need therapy. They need to spend some of their money on that instead of their private jets. Yeah. Perfect. Agreed. I'm still going to read it. Yeah. No, it's fine. I can understand why people like it. It's very palatable after that uh, 15-minute breakdown about all of the things that didn't make any sense to me. It's just billionaires, guys. I'm not some I can't I can't be putting up with that. I do think that I would enjoy Lauren Ash's Formula One series. Ooh. Um, I didn't know yeah. she had a Formula One series. Yeah, it's like that one that she's everyone knows her for. I'm pretty sure it's still on KU. But I'm in the second book, they watch a little race. Something <laughs> a little thing and I think that one of the characters from that series is sort of mentioned because the iris thinks he's hot these are all age gap books as well no one ever discusses that I never see anything the second one is a marriage of convenience the other one is like childhood sweethearts this was also like a secret identity because the guy's texting her she's like Declan I need no no what's his name Rowan they are very Irish names I will give that to them so good on them for that Declan was a possibility for my son's name until he came to me in a prophetic dream. Yeah. yeah. What you got, Katie Cakes? <laughs> okay. Can we talk about a billionaire that we can agree, I think, I can't remember what you've read, um, to love, which, okay, so Michaela and I had this whole conversation about how billionaires work best when they are villains because in real life, billionaires are villains. Mm-hmm. So we are, we make a lot of, I don't know. We let a lot of things slide when the billionaire is a villain that we wouldn't let slide if they were a good guy. Yeah. Um, so obviously, can we talk about Burn For Me by Ilona Andrews? Oh, Rogan, Nevada. Yeah. Duh, yeah. you've read this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I panicked for a second. I was like, but then I'm like, wait, I should have told you to wear your Nevada shirt. <laughs> I wore that yesterday. <laughs> but... Mad Rogan from the Burn For Me. It is book one of the Hidden Legacy series. For those who don't know, 
Books one through three follow Rogan in Nevada. Books four through six follow Catalina and Alejandro. And we're hoping that books seven through nine follows the third sister, who is like basically the Hulk. Very excited for that. But what's her name? Matt okay. Rogan. Do you know her name? No. What was her name? Uh, Aria- Ariana. Arabella? <laughs> Damn it. Ariola? <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, but yeah, so Burn for Me is the story of Nevada, who is a badass private detective. Her family kind of like all are, who gets blackmailed by or extorted. I don't know, by her boss into taking like a very dangerous case that is probably going to end with her dying. And it turns out that Mad Rogan, like this fucking psycho billionaire that everyone's terrified of because he's like a prime, which means you're like the most powerful, powerful magic type of guy. Oh, yeah, this is an urban fantasy for those who don't know. So there's like it's kind of like Harry Potter, but with better. Fucking. And with fucking. Yeah. But like, it's like, you know, people, they have their houses. So she's, uh, if you have primes, I think you need at least two primes, prime powers to be a house. So Nevada's family is not, they have no primes. They are not house yet. But they, uh, so she takes this job. She meets Mad Rogan. I don't think this is a spoiler. I don't believe that spoilers can happen in the first five chapters. Like, it's not a spoiler. You're going to find out in the first five chapters. But if you want zero spoilers of Hidden Legacy series because you were about to read it, pause for a moment. They literally meet and Mad Rogan locks her in his basement, like kidnaps her and tortures her. Mind tortures her. So it's like really romantic. And she doesn't fucking break. She's like, fuck you, asshole. And he's like, hmm, that was hot. Yeah. Because when women stand up to powerful men, they're like fuck yeah 100 percent. especially when they're billionaires but i would also argue in terms of him being a billionaire it's not a personality trait like no, he, he has right. other things going on in his life and he uses his money for selfish reasons uh yeah. and also to help her it's yeah. not like he's i mean he's an asshole he's not he's not a billionaire, he's even philanthropist. he's not even pretending to be good he's not even mm. like throwing his money at crap charities he's just Filthy fucking rich, the most terrifying man in the world. He leans into that, like, terrifying persona. He likes that everyone's afraid of him. And then he meets Nevada, who's not afraid of him. And he's like, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. So the whole first book, I think there's, like, one kiss. Like, in the whole... And these are not, like... I mean, they fit in mass market size, but they're not... They're not like 600 page books. I think it's probably like four something. And then second book, you know, so the the whole, I don't know, there's like a whole mystery they're trying to unravel throughout the three books, fighting bad together. Um, There's telekinetic orgasm powers. Rogan has them. It's amazing. Uh, He at one point like throws a car because he's like so mad just to apologize to her. And it was like really fucking hot. Mm. Um. But yeah, if you haven't read this book, I'm not going to go too deep into it because like literally this could be, maybe it will be an entire episode one day, but it is absolutely amazing. Can you hear my son in the background screaming? He's not screaming. He's just saying hello. Yeah. After I asked my husband to keep him downstairs. Yeah. He's um, just wanted to talk about his hatred of the Musk children. Yeah. No, no joke. He does. X. Yeah, why? he wishes that we were uh, filthy rich. He wants to know why he 
has to wipe his butt with one ply toilet paper. <laughs> Just kidding. He does not wipe his butt. And the reason we use one ply toilet paper is because my husband bought a like 60 pack of one ply, one ply toilet paper one time when I sent him to the store by himself. Mm. And then I was the only one who used it. Of course. And I'm still mad about it. So anyways, uh, yeah, we won't delve too much further into Hidden Legacy. It's The cover is ugly. I don't know why they haven't redone the cover. It's incredibly popular. It's like highly praised, highly talked about, has one of the ugliest covers that keeps a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. It's like weirdly photoshopped, like super weird. So don't let it scare you. It is an amazing series. And the author is actually a husband-wife duo. So I think that's kind of fun. A learner. Um, yes. Yes. See? Their name. Hmm. Uh, okay. So let's... Uh, that's a evil billionaire. So now I want to go on to a cinnamon roll billionaire. Michaela is going to hate the description of this book. It it was good, but it was written before Elon Musk went like seriously off the walls, and it is basically like an Elon Musk like fan fiction. But I don't. Okay, that's unfair. I don't think the author Eve Casey Casey with a K. Like, genuinely, she took inspiration from Elon Mm -hmm. Musk. Like, it's actually, like, there's a space program being run. Like, it's SpaceX, basically. It's, like... But the book is called Fighting Gravity, and it is a cinnamon roll hero. So he is, like, a nice billionaire. He has no kinks. It's not... Like, you know, billionaire romances, they, like, always Mm -hmm. have fucking kinks. Mm -hmm. Except for the two... Actually, I don't know if Rowan has kinks. But, um, I guess... Rogan gets turned on by, like, fighting and shit, but uh, I don't know if that's kink or just, like, totally normal. Do you? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a Scorpio. Everybody gets turned on from a good fight, right? <laughs> um, so, fighting gravity. Yeah. Cinnamon roll hero. No, I wrote, I wrote checks down. No kinks. Uh, there's no interesting or, like, different sex stuff. It's pretty vanilla sex. Uh, and it's uh, about the billionaire. His name is Tate, which was the hardest thing for me to get over. Mm-hmm. Tate is hot. Why? I just Tate as a Tate. billionaire. Yeah, no, no. They need names like Christian, Christian Gray, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a whole. It was a little too rant. modern, and I don't feel mm. like contemporary billionaires. Although I guess Elon's name is Elon. You know, but they have weird names and Tate felt too they either have like really fucking weird names or they have classic names yep. Henry yep Thomas you know Tate. shit like that Jeff. look at me now I'm like let's pull up Tate let's just say that Tate is 35 years old so when is yep. the popularity of Tate peaking Tate feels very modern it does it feels very it southern feels, it probably um, took off after uh, American Horror Story Evan Peters. Yeah. Well, like even that, that doesn't name take. Exactly. No, well, you know, now it just gets me started on my spiral of names, appropriate names for characters. Yeah, I've never really thought about it before, and now I'm going to be thinking about it a lot. Um, but I do think this, so Billionaire Tate hires Rosie, who's been recently burned by a man, kind of sworn off men, to design his, like, new hotel or some shit. And so there's a lot. I I reread my review before coming on here. I gave it four stars and I said it was good. I thought there was almost a little bit too much drama because I thought that the plot was interesting enough without it, which is rare. I normally love drama, but 
so the book is good if you like a cinnamon roll. He's a nice guy. Very, like you said, very fantasy in terms of billionaires. But it was cute. The second book, actually, right, I think this is the second book. Maybe I reread the first book then after this. Um, either the first book or the next book has a heroine who cannot orgasm. And the hero they, does not magically, like, she's never, she can. She's just never orgasmed, oh, like, oh, I think, with a man. And so the hero, actually, they he makes it his mission to get her to orgasm. And I think, like, the first four or five times they're together, he doesn't succeed. Wow. Which was very fucking interesting right i have never read a book like that usually it's like she's a virgin never come before you know jessica style never come before never seen a dick in her life and he does he looks at her clit and she like spontaneously comes (laughs) which reminds me so i made that poll on instagram the other night that was like do you masturbate it was like with different phrasing so i don't get banned on instagram do you masturbate to romance novels like while you are reading them I thought it was an inside joke that people do. I genuinely did not think that the majority of people were. It was like 53% of like the 2,000-something people who responded. Jerk it to romance novels. Wow. Yeah, right? I just do porn like a regular person, but like go off, you know? I was just – and some of them were – I told Michaela, or yeah, I think I told you, that some people were saying like Emily Henry – and like oh slow God. burns. And I was like, good wow. for th- those people must have a hair fucking trigger. They don't even yeah. have to work for it. Yeah. Oh, I am wow. jealous. Anybody who can come to an Emily Henry book has my mad respect. <laughs> That's like, I, and I like Emily Henry. That's much. Like, That's much. I could right read there. it sitting next to a pastor. I mean, mm. I could read anything sitting next to a pastor. I used to read Archie comics in the front row of church. So, and my pastor would ask me how it was after. Aww. Yeah. And I got confirmed and I never went to church again. Yeah. Because my parents said I was an adult and I could make my own decisions. And then my whole family stopped going to church. (laughs) So it turned out I was in charge of everybody. This is the therapy hour. I love it. We're getting so much insight. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that poll was very, very interesting. But the next level, so I had three options. I masturbate to romance novels. And I specifically was like, you know, romance novels, not like straight erotica, like a book you can buy in like a bookstore. And then one of them was not at all. And that one was like only 10%. And then like 30% were like, I, I get horny, but I don't like touch myself. But the, so this was the segue. A bunch of people DM'd me asking if I meant touching themselves while reading or like spontaneously orgasming because the book was just that good. And I was like, why would I mean that? Is that a thing? Wow. Like, have you, you are reading something so hot that you just orgasm? Could you imagine having that power? Like, just spontaneously. I mean, like, it's, that's some romance. I would love to be able to, like, control it. That would be kind of fun. But I did watch, like, a, some, like, TLC, which is, like, a channel that used to be about, like, families and shit in America. Mm-hmm. And um, they had one about, like, a woman who just can't stop orgasming. Yep. And it sounded real shit. So yeah. don't I want that. that. No. Jesus. But I just thought that was I thought it was hilarious that and no shame to anybody who asked me that question because like, yeah, it wasn't entirely clear because I was trying to like use euphemisms in the post again. So like Instagram wasn't like banning me for asking people about their masturbation habits. But I just thought it was funny that it wasn't just one person. It was at least five or six people DM'd me asking if I meant touching themselves to the book. 
or just spontaneously orgasming. So. But isn't it like in all seriousness, it's actually really amazing that we can be having these conversations and, you know, clarifying that sort of stuff because yeah. who would talk about this? I love how you know, open my followers are to me. It's incredible. And that I can ask that. And I thought I'd have to be like, I won't even look at who. And I didn't. I didn't say yeah. this, but I didn't look at who answered what level. Yeah. I didn't like scroll through to see who's like jerking it to romance novels because that's like private. I mean, it was an anonymous poll. I mean, it's not because yeah. I can see, but to everybody yeah. else, didn't want to break confidence. But I love how many people were just like, did not give a shit. Just and then I asked it. what they're masturbating to. And like, I got like 100 DMs. Amazing. Yeah, that's the I best. was just like, this is awesome. Yeah. And I learned so much. Well, here's me. Like, I'm like, I don't masturbate to, I'll masturbate to this, but not to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, if you'd seen some of my ex-boyfriends, you wouldn't say that, but <laughs> that's just me, baby. Uh, okay. I, that was me on a tangent this time. Ooh. Mm, I feel like you. Okay. <laughs> She's me, but stronger. I already pre-wrote the description for this episode and I knew exactly what you were going to do. And so when you see it tomorrow, you can, or today <laughs> when this is published, you can, you can see that that was pre-written. Um, okay. I would like to go on to a billionaire that I thought was, I think he's a billionaire. This is a like a sci-fi, so the money doesn't translate necessarily. Yeah. But a billionaire that I think is one of the most realistic billionaires uh, that I've read. And that is the book Pretty Human by Ruby Dixon. <laughs> it is a novella <laughs> and it is about Varric. Varric is just like a really indifferent billionaire alien. He's one of the Masaka. Uh, if you've read uh, Ice Planet Barbarians, then you would know that the Masaka are like, well, they call them something else in that book. But the ones that aren't stuck on the planet are called Masaka and they're like in outer space everywhere else. And he does not give a shit about anything, anyone. He's bored as fuck with his entire life just going through the motions, apathetic. And he meets Millie, who is a human slave. And Millie's not, doesn't really follow the rules necessarily like the other human slaves do. She's not like outwardly quirky, manic pixie dream girl heroine, but she's kind of like, she is a human who doesn't want to be a slave. So, and he takes a shine to her because she's kind of weird. And she's like the only thing that like makes him care about anything like he literally doesn't give a shit mm -hmm. except about millie and so this is actually how the riz diverse series starts so you know the book's very short it's lovely just kind of fun and silly varic ends up saying fuck you to like all he's like the richest of all of the masaka in like the world and he takes all of his money buys this planet called rizda and decides to go about saving human slaves and like letting them join this farming community does he care about human slaves? Not at all. Literally does not give a shit. Like in the Rizdiverse books, it'll just be like he is very indifferent. He only cares about what Millie cares about. So like Aww. the only reason he's doing this is because it's what Millie wants. So I just thought it was like the most realistic billionaire. Like he is even doing good, like charitable work. And he's like, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Gonna be honest. He likes saying fuck you to all like the richy riches. Um because he was sick of them, but I just thought it was cute. So it's just a little short novella that kicks off the Rizdiverse series, which is like my favorite series of all time. No big okay. deal. Okay. No, no big deal. 
I talked a lot and now I'm like panting. <sighs> heavy, heavy breathing. Um, so yeah. he does, he sounds a lot like uh, Edward Norton's character in Glass Onion, which is a Knives Out yeah. film. Yeah. But that guy's a dickhead. That's- yeah. Varric's like a, I mean, he was good in the fact that he's like a dick to like the other Richie Riches and like mm-hmm. kind of like doesn't care what their opinion is. But he's de- like, so he's not like a dick to Millie, which is good. He's, like, nice to her all the way around. And they're trying to, like, fight their attraction. It's a novella, but they, like, fight their attraction for each other for a while. And that was hot. It's always the worst because then every time we record, like, I just have ten more books that I need to now read. But I'm still... Well, Pretty Human will only take, like, literally 30 minutes of your time. It's so short. I know. It's really short. I've got a lot of things to do. Like, I've got to complain more about stuff and I have to vacuum. Yeah, that'll take a lot of your time, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I feel that. I, I think there might be an audiobook. I'm not sure, though, where the audiobooks are in terms of Ruby Dixon books. Well, speaking of audiobooks, if you live in Australia, check your motherfucking Libby because when I got on there and saw the first four Ice Planet Barbarian books on a public library system, you're fucking kidding me. I lost my mind. I started reading it uh, or listening to it on Libby. Um, except for the heroine in the first book sounds like Reba McIntyre and she's supposed to be like a 20 year old girl from Georgia and she sounded like Reba McIntyre from Babes I've got some bad news she does the voice the whole way through yeah like it's me Georgie okay thank you so much Vectal (laughs) I just I never I knew she was from there but I don't think in the first Ice Planet that she ever uses like I mean I don't know if y'all is used everywhere in the South, but I don't think she used a single y'all. I just do not believe, I did not remember she was from there. So. And like, then sometimes it's like, Georgia, right? I don't know. I don't she's know. from somewhere in the South. The South. Um, I love, this is the part of the episode where I start pulling out my accents. Uh, <laughs> it gets progressively weirder from here on out, honestly. Yeah, we broke the seal. Thank God we'll be wrapping it up soon because fuck no, maybe like my Mia Goth Cockney accent will come out next. (laughs) I do have three more books, but I can like race through them a little bit. Um, I mean, one of them is just if you like paranormal slash fantasy. I don't really know how to classify things. Like this is Titan by Gillian Graves, which is like a gargoyle romance, but it's like modern. So, like, is modern fantasy a thing? Because, like, the fantasy is that Rome is that there's like monsters, but it's like a contemporary modern day world. And the mo- I don't. Well, this is the other thing that I was saying to Kate. Like, out of all of the romance subgenres you could choose, why would you fuck a billionaire when you can fuck a gargoyle? Well, in this case, best of both worlds. Exactly. So, yeah. This one, this is a daddy romance, too. Ooh. Yeah, a daddy slash sugar daddy romance. So, like, the heroine Juliana, I won't go too into this. It's been a little bit since I read it. Um, But the sugar baby, or she's a sugar baby ex-former child star. I guess she's just a former child star. Juliana, she's, like, broke as fuck now. Her, like, mom and stepdad, like, took all of her money. So she has to sugar baby to live. And she meets Titan. Titan is a gargoyle. He basically looks like the gargoyle from that show Gargoyles. Yeah, um, that's on Disney Plus in Australia. If anyone wants to watch it with me, perfect. You will get weirdly aroused at a children's show, but hot gargoyles. I can't believe that you're thinking that I didn't when I was younger. No, yeah, I had very confusing feelings about a lot of uh, 
a lot of cartoon characters, but why yeah. make them hot if not yeah. supposed to find hot? That, exactly. Like, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, you're they, not wrong. You're they not knew. Wrong. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's a cute, it's like a cute book. There's some, like, drama, some, like, angst, you know, where he is into her, but she's very much just wanting to be sugar babied. Then he's trying to save her. She doesn't want to be saved. That was a little infuriating, but that's a personal thing for me that I just hate heroines who won't allow themselves to be saved. Like, he is a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Take his fucking money and solve all your problems. He's just a boy. Run him over with your car. Now the, the, the TikTok sounds are coming out. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that audio, Get though. Car. But speaking of uh, heroes who have a lot of money and just want to give it to the heroine, um, have you read Preferential Treatment by Heather Greer? I have not. It's femdom. Ooh. It's good. Uh, it's very hot. So unfortunately, Heather Greer took down her the the first book in this series because I, the rumor is that it was too close to Eris Adderley's Bass Ackwards. Uh-huh. Um, this, the first book was called Mutually Beneficial, and they were both very different. Though I read them both back to fucking back, did not pick up on like any like si- actual similarities that were outside of like just this is a trope. Like it's a, it's a, the blackmail into sex thing is like a a trope. So, and Bass anyways, is really <laughs> a lot of people said Bass Ackwards was the one they were masturbating to, and okay. I see it. That one really straddles the line between. I actually think it might have started as erotica on the website Literatica, oh yeah, and then that's so popular that this is what I've heard. So don't quote me, and I'm sorry, Eris, if you're like listening, but. Eris Adderley took it down, reworked it into like more of like a full book. But you can tell when you're reading it that it's not as fully. Fl- it's incredible, mm. so hot, so wrong, delicious. But you can tell it's not like as fleshed out as like you'd expect. Like I can tell it used to be on an erotica site. Yeah. If that is the truth, I believe it because. But so fucking hot. But anyways, preferential treatment is. A, this is the one book I didn't write down the characters' names. Um, the heroine is working at her desk. I think she does like HR or something. And someone comes up to her desk. She fucking tells them off. It's actually the billionaire owner of the company, and he likes to be dominated by women. So he's like immediately turned on. He calls her to his office later. Says, "Hey, I want you to dominate me fiscally, sexually, everything, like." make me your bitch and she doesn't hesitate that long (laughs) i wouldn't either Mm. and at one point though so it's so it is very hot uh a lot of edging a lot of her like not letting him come not letting him you know finish and things at one point she takes his money much money donates it to an abortion clinic in his name (laughs) which like if you are a feminist obviously i love it you would orgasm over that scene yeah alone. yeah i'm gonna go masturbate that, to that when we finish turns him on. he's just like i want to go jerk off immediately to you taking my money and so she, i think she goes on like a shopping spree too like she does give a little bit of like the i don't know but goes ham good for her yeah. good mm. what a fucking legend i think her I name might so be like kate or something too it was something with a k i think 
Um, but that one, I mean, that's so hot. And that's preferential treatment, again, by Heather Guir. Um, check. Off my list. Okay, the last one is, okay, this one's, <laughs> this is so fucked up. And this is under my billionaire shelf on Goodreads. But I'm going to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that reading me, the version of me that reads books, takes note of when they're like a billionaire or a millionaire. Like, part of me thinks that I know they're rich and I just shelved them under the billionaire. Yeah. So, I'm not 100% sure this guy's a billionaire. This is a Bluebeard retelling book. I do not know the story of Bluebeard. I'm not sure if you do. I never even looked it up. I read this book. I knew it was a Bluebeard retelling. Still never looked up the actual tale of Bluebeard. I have no idea what it is. So, whether it's close to that, I don't know. It's probably more like a reimagining. But it is the book Death's Bloom by Lily Maine. I have talked about this book before. It is wildly fucked up. Wildly. Um, downloads. Yeah. This, I mean, and it scared me. This is like a scary book. There's only three books I can recommend when people ask for scary romances. One is The Mysterious and Amazing Blue Billings. Well, I guess there's four now. The Serious and Amazing Blue Billings by Lily Morton. The sequel to that. I don't remember the name. By Lily Morton. And then the third book in the series with different characters, Skeptic by Lily Morton. All about, like, ghosts. All three genuinely scared me. This book, fucking scary as well, but it's by Lily Maine. Mm -hmm. Similar name, different author. Anyways, it is about Ari. Ari is a florist. He works at a, a florist. And he has a huge crush on this guy whose name is Theo. I wrote this down, who occasionally, I think like once a week or like every morning, something goes to the coffee shop across the street, gets a coffee, sits on the patio. He's like hot. I think he has like a blue, a dyed blue beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he has like piercings and tats and he's just like cool as shit looking. Ari's like a tentative, little awkward, nerdy guy. Aww. Oh, this is a gay romance, by the way. Yeah. Um. And he, so one day they talk, uh, Theo takes a liking to Ari, they go on a date, everything's fine, Theo is possessed by an evil demon. Amazing. Willingly. Oh, Theo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, uh boys. Um, but Theo chose to be possessed by this evil demon for, in exchange for immortality. Uh-huh. So this is not like, he, I guess possession is like even maybe the wrong word. He like willingly gave up his soul in exchange for this demon living with him in his body. Like the demon has like a physical form though. Like, like he can like manifest a physical form. But I do believe he takes, he like lives most of his time just like in Theo's head. And they like have conversations. And this fucker is evil as shit. And this is not a case of the good character like bringing the dark guys over to the white side that was really dumb it's not like star wars um never saying it this is a case like ari is getting fucking corrupted so people are murdered for this demon and like i think they try to murder bad guys like child murder you know like they try but like not always sometimes he needs a human sacrifice and he just kills someone. And half the book is this demon 
flirting with Ari by terrorizing him until he's like a weeping, sobbing mess who is so anxious he can't function in daily life. Amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, like, a really weird threesome, though, where, like, Theo allows the demon to, like, take over his body and fuck Ari. And then Ari fucks Theo with, like, the demon in the back of his mind. And so it's just, like, a really weird threesome. Very hot. Well, I've They live in a really nice house. They have, like, a really beautiful house with a garden and stuff. So, yeah. Um, So they're rich. (laughs) But yeah, so like Theo literally was like, I will kill people for you if you make me immortal. And that was cool with him. So yeah, no one's really a good person in this. And then Ari's kind of like, I'm in love with you both. So I'm okay with this. Like, that's basically the premise of the book. So. Incredible. It's good though. Like, but it's, it has very divisive reviews. Like you're going to go and look this book up and it is either one star or, like, five star. Okay. I gave it five stars. I was like, this book was fucking wild. It was... I think a I lot of people maybe it. went into it not reading trigger warnings or not yeah. understanding, like, that it is a reimagining. So, like, the author was kind of stuck, like, within the confines of this story. Yep. Um, and couldn't be too creative with it. And a lot of the reviews were like, this is so fucked up. I can't believe anybody likes this. <laughs> and there's me <laughs> five starring it, like... This was weird. I am I very turned it. on. I love it. I think it's different. I love it so much. So, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. I have uh, absolutely no complaints. Um, but, yeah. So, that is one of four books that have actually scared me. I read this at night. And there's some scenes where Ari is being, like, tortured by the demon's version of flirting that had me, like, tucking the blanket over my feet, burrowing myself under the covers, and, like, sleeping with, like, a flashlight near my bed. Like, I was seriously scared. Mm. Jesus. Okay. So, yeah. Marking down a scared uh, and horny. Yeah. That's, like, how I like to go through life. Yeah. So, that Absolutely. was a uh, Bloom by Lily Main. Um, she's also the author of Soul Eater. Yep. Uh, Eden. Yeah. So, yeah. all those books that I love. Uh, the monster I'm just rereading I'm just rereading my review of this book and it was just like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> like I thought it was on the floor for almost the entire book. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I loved it. Yeah. I was like, this book is fucking insane. It's a th- it's like a threesome poly relationship, but not. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so good at writing reviews. Yeah, 100%. You're the best. Yeah. That's the reason why you're Ooh. the goat, baby. Look at me. Now yeah. I'm on my hype up. I'm just like, yay, Kate, I love you. And I oh. hate the rich. Of course. Also, I talk about the series all the time. But the Necessary Evil series by Only James oh. is a collection of billionaire serial killers who fight bad guys. Like they kill like pedophiles and murderers and rapists and everything. So that's amazing as well. I'm rereading that series right now. I talk about it like every single podcast, but yeah, I just want you guys to know. You're the best. Mm. Book's the best. Everything's the best. Am I on ecstasy right now? Maybe. Who knows? We should do a podcast episode where characters do hard drugs together. That doesn't happen a lot. I can think of like dark romance, maybe some dark romance, Rex. That's Mm. what's actually been pulling me out of my book slump. 
I'm like, I have to not care about any of these people. And I was fortunate mm. enough to find that in a billionaire non-dark romance. So maybe more dark romance is needed. Dark romance is great for breaking book slumps, though, because you're right. You don't – you're not that inve- – like, everyone's kind of a bad person in a sense. Yeah. So you can disassociate even more. And again, 100%. like, I feel like in dark romances, I don't question. No. Like – people's motives i don't question whether something's realistic because it yeah like we're calling this like it's like fantasy in a sense it's not i don't believe that mafia men are actually hot no fuck no i've seen the sopranos okay like i know this is like where we go okay but somebody sent me a dm saying that like tony soprano they're like i would hit it though when i was talking about mafia when i was talking about run posey run by kate c wells they were like but Mm -hmm. why is tony soprano like actually disgusting and like i would fuck him at the same time tony soprano would have loved ozempic r.i.p tony soprano r.i.p r.i.p <laughs> not crying i'm laughing uh what the fuck this went off the rails a little bit it always does why would it, it not does. it's us it yeah I do want to rant just for like two seconds about yet another DM I got from a guy that's like, can you recommend romance novels for men? I fucking hate that question. I don't believe there are romance novels for men because I don't believe that romance novels are exclusively for women. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you want me? I guess, yeah, there's a Formula One. Like, do you want to read about a sports sports star? Mm -hmm. Now I can recommend Lauren Asher's Formula One. I don't know what they want. Like, what do you want? What does that mean? You want one that's... Well, what like i don't this is the thing though like i don't view romance novels through the female gaze like i you know hello like i'm sitting here ragging on one of the biggest fucking book talk darling series the dreamland billionaire series you know like it is so subjective what you like is up to you there could be one day when i wake up and i'm like i really liked that book because maybe it's because i have my period and because i'm feeling bitchy and because the world is a fucking dumpster fire and the phrase the cost of living how does that make any fucking sense i didn't choose to be born okay why the fuck do i have to be charged for it that's fair that's i'm getting hungry see this is the thing and feeding yourself costs money do you know how much a packet of fucking chips cost here like i could blow your cock off and then blow it back on six bucks some of them potato chip what does that what does that phrase mean you're gonna blow your dick off blow it back on is it like blow your mind yeah okay well this is the other thing like i don't know I used a phrase in like my reel the other day. I said, I think I said fucked in the head and which is a phrase I use all the time, but somebody DM'd me and they were like, I can tell Michaela's rubbing off on you. <laughs> well, no, it's like, okay. Like, so that's such an my- awesome thing to say. Well, this is okay. So this is another thing that I've started to do. I am just like, I have just lost my mind guys. I don't know what is going on. Like I, if you thought I didn't care about things before, I actually don't care anymore. Like I woke up to my, my husband, it was like five o'clock in the morning because I'm an early bird. And that guy, he's on TikTok, Trevor Wagner. He's the guy, mm. like the kind of the elder emo sort of guy. You know, he's always weightlifting things. He's like, I can bench this amount. And I've just been commenting on his videos. I'm like, let me know if you want to be on our podcast. Could you imagine me talking to that guy? Like, and That's an interview for you for sure. But I want you there too because – you have to adjudicate. But the thing is, is like, if if I met this, because his name's Trevor, and I'm like, 
everyone in it, which I'd just be calling him Trev. I'd be like, Trev, what's going on, yep. mate? You know, like, so anyone, if you see anyone on Book Talk, any sort of stuff, and you want me to ask them questions, mainly like, why did you press post on that one? I'm happy to do it. Just spam the comments. Let them know People that. People asked me that a couple times. <laughs> Why'd you pass post on there? The <laughs> one where I'm like pretending I'm on the ice planet. I think the audio ended up being cut from that because, you know, sometimes that happens. Like the audio gets taken down off TikTok. Mm-hmm. But it's one where I'm pretending to get oral from Vectal, like yep. in Ice Planet Barbarians. And I posted it. I posted a video where I am. I also have posted a video where I'm pretending to be reamed from behind. And guess what? My mom likes every video I post. Yeah, this is okay. This is the thing, though, guys. Like, I try to explain this to people. Nothing matters. Nobody cares about anyone but themselves. I have this friend, and when her son was a toddler, he only wanted to listen to Moana. And my poor friend, she's one of those gentle parents, you know, like any other parent would have thrown this kid in the bin. He was a little fucker. Okay. And I can say that because I say that about children, whatever. Who cares? And this one time, this kid's having a fucking mental breakdown in the middle of a busy, supermarket this is like COVID time so there's people trying to get shit and what do I do I start singing how far I'll go at the top of my fucking lungs to shut this kid the fuck up and you know what it worked whatever it takes people were looking at me and they're like that bitch and I was like yeah because I don't care like I'm like you're fucking welcome did you want to listen to the crying over my beautiful voice exactly I can't sing for shit but it don't stop me I'm out here I'm doing things today yeah. these guys they were trying to like walk, and I'm like can we fucking move I got into a fight with a cyclist the other day it's this guy he's carrying a load of shopping and he's like excuse me this is him riding on the footpath and I was like what's up he's like I don't have a bell and I'm like okay you're on a bike get on the road he's like oh and I'm like face your death like a fucking man <laughs> in like, America bitch. it would and I was like you're death. a f-. yeah well yeah. you know he called me a bitch and I said well at least I'm not riding a fucking bike <laughs> I can 100% see this conversation going down. Mm-hmm. You, you could tell be- me you fought with like a mime and I would believe it. I fight with kids every day of my life, but I don't also, fight with my husband because he's got some sense. Where are the mime romances? Oh, damn it. I hate, like, Kate gets this look in her mm-hmm. eyes when she's got an idea. It goes down there with my fish shifter romance idea. Oh my God. Okay. Well, thank you. Somebody give me their talent so I can write these stories. Okay. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to design a new logo for Up the Smart, and I sent it to Kate. I was like, "Judge me, please." I'm like, it mother. looks way better than anything I would make. So, oh my god, it's so hot. I'm here for it. My sushi. But anyways, if you love billionaire romances, I hope something on here. I feel like I had a very good mix of paranormal, sci-fi, fantasy, all this stuff. So, I'm. Uh, I'm excited. I think people probably got at least one recommendation from this rant. I'm looking forward, actually, after your rant to go and read. I'm going to go find the fine print. I hope after my rant, someone shoplifts something. I hope that inspires you to do that. Eat the rich. Fuck them. Fuck them. Don't actually fuck them, though. Don't fuck them. Fuck you, Grimes, as well. Grimes, I used to love your, and now I can't. You've let Elon Musk inside you, okay? I'm more superior than Grimes because I've never done that. I hope everyone has an amazing day. I love you all. And, yeah, read whatever the fuck you want. Uh, But don't Stay slutty, stay smutty.
don't fuck Elon, but fuck Elon and Jeff Bezos and Kylie Jenner and anyone else with a fucking private jet. Bitch. <laughs>